Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. Joined today by three other lovely folks, but before we get to them, got to tell you this incredible broadcast that you're about to tune into is brought to you from our good friends over at TechWeld, USA Made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA Made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. Uh, they've got a lot of FDA compliant products as well. Uh, in, in a time of uncertainty, knowledge that a product is FDA compliant is key in allowing a customer to feel at ease when placing an order. They've got a lot of great custom packaging uh, ideas as well. Uh, they like to create new every day with their custom packaging division. And it's a great, uh, and that's a great example of that obviously with their, their, they've got a whole division dedicated to that. Uh, each box takes on a life of its own, and uh, they can work to meet your custom specification needs regarding packaging. So go check them out at techweld.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. And tell them the Industry Insider sent you. And uh, why don't we say hi to Stephen McFadden. How are you doing today, sir? Doing all right. Doing yeah. well. It's cold and rainy, but besides I was going to say, you're, you're actually buttoned up and like wearing some, you know, some over layers. I was mm. going to ask if it's chilly and, and it finally is. Yeah, finally. It's like 40 and raining, which is beautiful weather. Finally, Meg, he can feel our pain. Yeah, part yeah. of it. Took long how, enough. How are you, Meg? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm really hungry. I know we've been talking about food and I have like chocolate bars and stuff at my desk and I was just explaining to you guys I'm out of candy corn it's a problem you know but other than that I'm great trick-or-treating was over over like two months ago so I mean (laughs) you should be out of candy corn I should be I'm good though. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and we are joined today by a special guest, second uh, second time on the show, Jason Lukash, uh, big man, big big uh, the, the the myth, the legend, you know, the the guy. And uh, so ultimately, it's all about uh, talking about bringing retail lines uh, or um, how did you phrase it, uh, Stephen? Artisan art, art, artist and craft uh, small artisan retailers into the promotional product space. <laughs> there you go. So it's That's all cool. about that. And uh, so, Jason, uh, you know, I know uh, we're going to let you get into, you know, your origins in the promotional products industry and how you got started and uh, an introduction to yourself. But uh, basically, you started out with Origadio and now you've recently launched a a sort of a passion product with Hub uh, called Batch and Bodega. So that's what we're going to talk about and how you guys have expanded that so much. But uh, before we do that, uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what you've been up to and how you got started in the promotional products industry? Uh, my name is Jason Lukash, based out here in San Francisco, California, or the Bay Area, um, undisclosed location. And I have been in the promo industry for, as a supplier now, 12 years, which feels like 1,200 years. Um, before this, I bought a lot from the promo industry. I worked in corporate for VF Corporation, specifically for the uh, Jansport brand out here in the Bay Area, where I bought about four to five million dollars a year worth of promo stuff um, as a corporate buyer um, and started Orgadio. We made cool shit, grew it really, really quickly um, in the promo space, sold it to HPG in September of 2018. I am now chief development officer for HPG um, where we're kind of like the all-star team in a sense where we brought together like the best in class 
brands and put them under the HPG umbrella. Um, we've got 10 brands now and Batch and Bodegas, our food division, which I started in the middle of the pandemic um, and launched in August of 2020. And it's done incredibly well um, during holiday season. As you can imagine, we make most of our treats and money and snacks go out the door every single day. Um, so it's crazy busy. Not here because we're not packing stuff in my house, but um, uh, everything for Batch and Bodega ships out of our Minnesota facility um, uh, in New Ulm. So it's quite busy. All the all the shipping and food elves are, are busy. Well, we're not baking, but wrapping and packing and taping. Um, so I did a really bad job explaining who I am, but I've been in the industry 12 years and I lost a food brand. That's what we're Side note, side note. Are you doing the elves with your kids this year? Oh, like elf on the shelf? Yeah. No, my wife's a, uh, clinical psychologist and she doesn't believe in uh, the elf on the shelf, uh, what that does for parenting. So not to throw shade at people that do elf on the shelf, but uh, it doesn't pass the clinical psychologist test. <laughs> well, that's good to know, but yeah. <laughs> we keep, um, we even realized we had three that showed up this year. I don't know where they, they've come from. I think just the kids over the years and now there's three and now they're in a love triangle. So every morning <laughs> when we wake up, it's some type of scene like between, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm mm. just, I'm, I'm, I have nothing to do with it this year. So that sounds pretty awesome. So it's, maybe it's I will do elf though. on the shelf. Um, I, I saw a, a meme the other day that uh, my uncle sent to me. It basically had uh, an elf on the shelf with his head basically half ripped in half, and it said, uh, "Our our dog is here to remind us that snitches get stitches." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think we've all seen like that elf on the shelf meme where it's like he's sitting in like a little hot tub with like ten topless Barbies or Barbie, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a Barbie involved today. And Adeline walked down and she's like, "They're doing jujitsu," and I looked at BJ and I was like, "What are you doing?" They yes, it's jujitsu. Hugging her from, hug, I don't know. But. Yes, he's trying to put her in a sleeper hold. Yeah, so I totally get where your wife is coming from. I might agree with her. This might be yeah. like doing a little. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Wonderful. Yeah, we should probably quickly move past that. <laughs> Good thing this is live and sponsored. How did uh, so Bash and Bodega, obviously we know it's a passion project. You mentioned it the last time you were on, uh, but we really want to dive deep into that and how you've, you know, approached all of these different small artisan craft bakeries and, uh, you know, food makers, uh, a, a spot, basically a chance to really enter uh, the promo space. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process and what that's like. Yeah. Um, well, first, like the idea for batch came on the streets in New York, not like the streets, but like Chelsea market. Um, I was walking around pre COVID. This was like January of, I don't remember what it, I think it was fall of 19. I was in Chelsea market, uh, on a shopping trip. I used to travel and shop for my old job here. Um, I was in charge of product and, uh, I saw these like cool craft food manufacturers, some of which I'd never even heard of. Um, because they're you know we're regionally distributed out of the east coast and i was with uh, one of my colleagues at the time i was like there's all these cool makers like promo food sucks in our industry right like we've all got like communist graham cracker packaging with like graham crackers we would never want to eat or consume or you said you're desperate though because your candy corns are out so like only in a like a dire situation where you're out of food so meg that qualifies otherwise i would never eat it it's got no nutrition facts you don't know where those graham crackers are made they're probably expired 
You know, so, what's what's hilarious about that is that Megan and Stephen both have graham crackers on their desk right now. So it was it was a very interesting. Uh, it was right. So like, <laughs> it's a good tea up because like we sell graham crackers, but they're animal crackers that are made by like a small batch craft bakery in Jackson Hole, Wyoming that cuts them in like hand cut like animal shapes. So the actual elves. Okay. Yeah, like elves, and like they taste <laughs> phenomenal. Like those are like. Anyways, so food kind of like bad in our industry and i said there's all these cool food makers why not figure out how to bring all these guys into the space i was a small business owner turned in you know and sold the company and turned into a fairly large business and i said it's cool to support like the entrepreneurial dream that a lot of these guys have so i went back started hitting up some small craft food manufacturers that i bought at the chelsea market and said have you ever done a corporate gift business or like sold in the promotional products industry all of which they said, like, what is that? What is the promotional products industry? So then like did some more research and said, why don't we do what we did at Org, which was create like cool custom packaging and do like one piece minimum, full digitally printed, no setup fees in like three days or less. And then bring the food in, marry in a promo product and do like a hand, a custom handwritten note and make our, make ourselves like the Nordstrom's of like food gifting within the promo industry. And then launched it and found we've now got 50, 51 makers and we're launching another 14 makers um, from all geographic parts of the country with like crazy stories behind the brands like family run businesses or like our pretzel maker it's like a third generation uh, family business and the kid who runs it now is 20 so his like grandfather started hand twisting pretzels in upstate New York you know uh, we're talking about like Pennsylvania but like Dutch and Amish roots before and like He's grew up twisting pretzels when he was like one in the factory. And now he's running the whole operation, um, wow. which is pretty cool. So like crazy stories behind each of our makers. So long-winded answer, Jeff, but. No, that's, that's awesome. Started. Yeah. I love getting. That's the answer we looked. Yeah. Every Christmas, one of VJ's aunts gives us this Amish bucket of pretzels. So I'm like, when you said that, I was like, I look forward to it because I eat the bucket myself, the entire thing. Yeah. The entire thing, no shame. And that's like people have such like good compelling stories about food and like food experiences. And like, it's, you can give someone like a promo product and like, look, I'm all for promo product sales, like on plastics and metals and stuff like that we manufacture, but it's also like food just like hits home a little harder. Cause there's like those stories behind it where it's like, I was like roasting marshmallows on like over the stove with my kids and we sang Christmas carols. And then like the chocolate melted on my slippers and they're still stained. And I still wear them. Like you have those stories about like food and like the, food the ratatouille just... scene at the end exactly yeah. right <laughs> so that's what we're trying to recreate with batch hey right. so i know um when you guys were first launching you guys had kind of a, a map of where you wanted it to go and have different phases um i think since we last spoke you guys not only launched batch but you launched supply and fresh yeah. um, do you want to talk a little bit about those those two sides yeah, of as well? so w- when we first launched batch we did kits right we had i think like 10 Maybe, no, we launched with four kits and added some really quickly. Our batch, like I've launched a lot of stuff. I've built 120 products over my career and like launched multiple brands. And that has probably been like the most exciting or fast paced thing I've been a part of since launch. Um, we blew through what we were, were going to anticipate to be a four, a four month forecast in about four weeks. And then we blew through our one year forecast in four months. And, uh, it's been crazy, right? So we launched kits and that did well. And then we started hearing from our supplier or suppliers, our fellow like cus our fellow suppliers, 
our distributors on what they were asking for. So people were asking for like a bulk food model, right? Like Costco, but like not Costco with like just crappy, generic food. Um, sorry, Costco, but that's what you are. Um, but so we started going to our makers and saying like for the SKUs that we're not purchasing and inventorying for our batch kits, we want to be able to offer those on a bulk case uh, program business. So we launched supply, which is, you know, bulk food uh, direct from our makers doors to your door. Or like, if you have to put together your own kit in apex North Carolina, you can do that. Um, and then we launched fresh because people said there's cool, there's cool, fresh food, right. You're selling shelf stable food, right. You know, the prepackaged food. What about like cakes and pies and pretzels and all the stuff that's like freshly baked or shipped on dry. So then we launched fresh as well too, kind of like to take a stab at what Gold Belly's done on the retail front uh, for food. So we've got three different divisions and we're launching something pretty amazing at PPI in January, uh, a fourth division that I've worked the last year plus on. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty sweet. So Can't wait. Is, there, is everything made to order, Jason, or is it, uh, are you guys stocking? <clears throat> um, so everything for our batch kits is stocked. So we buy inventory from our makers um, based on forecasts and just rolling demand and then inventory that stuff in Minnesota. And then that stuff is pulled from the shelves and kitted in the box, which is printed in Minnesota as well, too. So <clears throat> we're holding inventory on that. The fresh stuff is a drop ship model. So if you place an order for a hundred, you know, pretzel, packs which steve mcfan i think just did that uh, was more than 100 but um that gets pushed via like a tech integration to our pretzel maker in massachusetts who actually pr uh, produces fresh and ships overnight on dry ice or on ice to the recipient's door um, and then supply is not in our warehouse that's a bulk model where order comes into us you want 300 uh, jars of pasta sauce from jar goods at a uh, the East coast that goes to their DC, then they ship it out to the customer. So one out of three divisions is inventoried in Minnesota. The rest are virtual models. Very cool. That is a lot. And for people that don't know what gold belly is just as a frame of reference. Um, so last year at Christmas time, everyone had COVID it seemed like, and we weren't really getting together. So I usually host Christmas Eve dinner every year at my house. My nieces come over my everybody. So I was a little upset that we weren't going to be able to spend time together. So I went on Gold Belly and I ordered um, actual ramen from some five-star <laughs> restaurant in New York City and sent it to everybody. And then we we were going to do a Zoom, but my dad was really, really sick. It's probably like Momofuku. Um, yeah. So that was such a really cool thing really to nice. be able to do. And, and that sounds like something that's now available for the promo mm -hmm. industry when people are working remote and correct. Yeah. We launched, everyone family. we launched Fresh for that exact reason, right? Uh, to kind of we have a partner with like H and H bagels on New York. So if you were typically a supplier that would come into a distributor's office and do breakfast meetings, you could do a virtual breakfast meeting where you would send, you know, six dozen bagels and cream cheese and locks to everyone's dropship, you know, home address or home office across the country on demand. So yeah, kind of the same concept. Huh. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know one of the things that you, uh, me and you had chatted about too. I think you, there's a few that, places that you found that are also minority owned. Um, Cause I know that yeah. was something that you would, you'd try to have some focus on in the industry, which I think we've been lacking on. Do you want to touch on any of those brands or? Yeah, we well? have, we have a lot that are minority owned and we have a lot that are women owned and we have a lot that are women minority owned as well too. So pretty much every business for the most part 
is a woman-owned business that we partner with. Um, you've got, you know, Justice of the Pies, which is out of Chicago. That's a woman minority-owned business. Um, you've got Legally Addictive, which is a woman-owned business. You've got, uh, I'd have to look at the list. I can't remember because we have so many now. But um, what's interesting for batches, we lead with the maker story most of the time. Like if you got some of our marketing, like, yeah, we market like batch. It's like, hey, we're available to place orders with but like we're using the maker story from legally addictive in new york or sober dough like we're telling that maker story and using that in our marketing message because honestly like that's more important than the batch story we want like customers and distributors to attach to the people who actually made this stuff or the origin story for why they created their business or decided to launch this you know special blend of crackers with chocolate and toffee on top of it right so the maker story is super super important and then you know if the if the if the brand's cool and the food's good and they've got like a, a special aspect of the business, whether it being like a, we have a lot of like certified B Corps or women owned businesses, like that's even more icing on the cake, but it's not something we actively seek out trying to find businesses that are specifically women or minority owned. We find the best quality products, you know, they can meet our demand, be able to scale up cool packaging, great origin story. And then everything else comes last, I guess. So. And I think that's something that we really wanted to hit on too, was like the scaling up um, since you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Cause I think Steven, I, I don't know if you had the statistic or if it, it was uh, something that was just coming out of uh, nowhere, but I think there was something you had mentioned with uh, like the businesses when they got involved with batch, were able to increase, you know, their business by like whatever percentage it was. I don't know, Steven. Yeah, please know? tell me this uh, statistic that you, I don't know the somehow found. statistic that I've made up. Okay. I remember I you know. saying that though. I remember that you're like by 25 percent or something crazy. No. I don't know if there's an actual statistic, but I know a couple stories, right? Like our oh, yeah. um, our pretzel maker, right, had to add like a third production line and run like 24 hours a day to keep up with demand when we first launched. Okay. Same with our popcorn manufacturer had to, out of North Carolina had to add uh, and go to move to a larger facility to be able to meet demand, right? So there's like those stories, wow. which is cool, like as a guy who started the brand uh i guess as a founder right um because you're seeing like these businesses grow some of them were super small like legally addictive there was like a three-person company they were like making the owner was helping make the crackers by hand in brooklyn and then like she had moved to a larger facility has more production now like created you know four to five additional SKUs. Like you've seen these makers grow over the course of, it's only been a year. So I can only imagine what this looks like, you know, 10 years down the road. And some, some of our makers have <clears throat> had to go through pain points. Like they weren't able to handle the, the demand for our industry. So we've actually had to drop makers too, that couldn't keep up with our demand, which is unfortunate. Um, but some of the guys, some of these makers just don't have the capabilities to actually like scale up really quickly. And it's, you know, for us, it was a learning curve. We, had, we didn't know what this was going to look like going into it. Um, it's absolutely impossible to forecast in our industry. It's even more impossible to forecast a brand new business line that you've got no track record in. So, um, but it's been interesting to see those like really cool success stories of like, you know, it's like now we've got all these people making our, our crackers or whatever. I can't help but notice the parallels between the origin story of Workadio, even with coming into promo um with some of those stories you know with you, you remember guys. it man uh, yeah <laughs> you better set yeah. our first trade show i think yeah yeah it just shows like the power of promo and having you know but like i feel like those people yeah for origadio like i like kind of knew about the industry from buying sure. from it but i had no idea how to operate a supplier ship within the industry right and right. we were origadio we were retail and we're like 
we'll try promo. Um, but now I've got, we've got so much more track record under our belts here. And like HPG's, you know, it's a thousand employee company. We've got what it was actually easier to launch batch than to launch anything under org because I had like supply chain that would handle things. I had compliance. I had uh, finance. Mm-hmm. I had operations. Like I'm not physically packing the boxes. Like it, it made it a lot easier where I could focus on the big idea of where, what I wanted the brand to look like and how I wanted to launch and then let the rest of the HPG teams handle each of the you know specific tasks that they were assigned to to get batch live and out for the masses. Now now that you've had uh, you know some some years with it and you've seen some of those makers scale up, are you uh, creating case studies and uh, helping new makers as they come on board, like figuring out how to go through those pain points. Cause obviously that's not something like if you're a small business and you've been that way for a decade or longer, you know, you're not used to that kind of increased growth or you probably don't have that kind of projected plan. Yeah. So when we first started batch, it was actually like, it wasn't hard. Uh, I guess it was kind of hard to recruit makers because we had like nothing to show. It's like, we didn't even have a website. We're like, Hey, we want to buy some food from you and put it in these, like we made a PowerPoint, like these gift boxes. And then people were like, I don't know about this. Like <laughs> it seems kind of <laughs> rinky dink. And now it's actually way easier to recruit makers because they, and honestly, like we don't have to recruit makers a lot. We're having makers refer people or we have like, we just picked up a new maker that a distributor out of Tennessee just referred to us. That's launching with us in January. So like we've had people kick us leads, which is so much easier um and a lot of people have been able to share their success stories you know like um one of our new makers that's launching in january another maker referred to them and be like hey we've been part of this thing like it's because for makers it's too it's exposure right like if you're a regional Mm -hmm. maker based out of maine you're not going to probably sell product to someone in san diego right so the like the widespread nationwide distribution footprint that the promo industry has has been like amazing for these guys because it's almost like seeding their product or getting their product out there in hopes of scoring more like you know just generic customers that want to buy their product online from their sites or hope they get a whole foods you know nationwide so a lot of these guys are super jazzed on it because it's got their product in hands that would have never been able to touch it before you know or even have been able to hear about it so i have a question that i know everybody is thinking is it too late to order for Christmas? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, <clears throat> we scaled up big time. We made like major capital investments. We learned last Christmas where we were running like 24 hours a day to ship batch boxes out in New Old uh, Minnesota. So we know we're doing three-day production right now. So if you've got, if you're that guy or gal that you just sucked and you forgot about Christmas gifts, like good luck getting something that's, not domestically made right now or something that's in stock we i mean we're in stock for most of our stuff we bought heavy um so come to batch uh email nick latour um or uh i think it's batch at hbgbrands.com or you can just email me uh, but i don't want to give my email so just email <laughs> someone or go to the batch website and you can live chat batchingbodega.com but yeah we're running three days right now still that's and awesome. it's not too late i think the shipping window is like next, the 15th or something to get stuff there by christmas so I, I've seen it in person, but um, <laughs> all the samples and all that. Tell me about the taste testing process because, you know, you got you to try you know, it all, I, right? I lost like 52 pounds from January 2019 through COVID. Like I didn't put on weight in COVID. And I also like, I got a Peloton and I bike a lot outside too. Um, but 
I'll tell you, like, the demise of me has been, like, taste testing the stuff. Like, you know how you go, like, wine tasting and there's, like, the wine bucket there where you, like, you spit it if you don't like it? And, like, whenever you're wine tasting, and I live by Napa, you're like, who's actually spitting in that bucket, right? Why are they wasting wine? I became that guy with food where I would, like, chew it, taste it, and then spit it out if I didn't want to, like, consume the calories. Because, especially for a lot of the sugar stuff, we have a lot of, like, <clears throat> cookies and sweets, like, I was like shaking at my desk from eating the stuff, you know? So, and right. We have 51 makers for our batch now, but like we actually probably got samples. You should have saw my office when this was like concepted and Steven, you've been in my office. I have like a very big office, not trying to brag, but it's just, it's a big space. And the floor, it was like, like a minefield of like snacks everywhere. And then for stuff that would make the cut, we'd have like makers would send us like three or four. So like the cleaning crew, like, people were taking them home and like re-gifting them in stockings. Like we had so much just like leftover snacks, but it was pretty hard to taste, but that was like the most important thing. Like you could have a cool story and like cool packaging, but like if it didn't taste good, we weren't going to, you know, put our stamp on it or whatever, especially like my stamp for it. I've got, I feel like pretty good taste. I'm kind of a foodie. So it was, it was pretty intense doing it. Um, but I ended up spitting out a lot of stuff in trash cans just because I didn't want to swallow the calories. Do you do you sell peanut butter cookies? Uh, no. We you're, sell, gonna launching, you're gonna be launching peanut butter lines in January, Jason. I'm gonna have to send you some of my peanut butter cookies. <laughs> oh, that that you make yourself. Oh, bro. Do you, have an, FDA, do you have an FDA license and and pa- uh, packaging, Jeff? Because that's what I rely on my on my fellow partners like Jason Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I unfortunately don't have peanut butter cookies. I do. My favorite cookie that we sell is a lemon sugar cookie from a company called Grey Ghost out of Charleston, South Carolina. But like, I like cookies, but like, and I, I lemon, I was like skeptical of, but like, dude, it's like amazing. It's got like those big sugar crystals on the top too, where you crunch into it. It feels like you're chewing on glass. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all sugar. That's <laughs> an interesting. Especially if you dunk it in tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's an RT time kit. Yeah. Softer cookies are better, I think. So very good. All right. Do you guys have any other questions for for Jason or or anything about how you know the the makers have been able to scale up and what promo has done for them? I'm good. Oh gee, thanks, Meg. Very good. I have a uh, kind of a, a, a interesting story. So the week before Thanksgiving, um, I was over at my grandparents' house and there was a, uh, a box on the counter and I went over, and I was like, who brought the killer brownie samples to my grandma's house? Cause there was killer brownies at like sitting there. And uh, I was like, these are from the office. I was like, these are like probably not good. Like I've had them in the office for a little while. And uh, so I was like, guys, I don't think we should eat these killer brownies. And then my cousin walked in. She's like, no, I brought these. I was like, how do you know about killer brownies? She's like, how do you know about killer brownie? And because she's from Ohio and like yeah. knows the owners and knows the people and they sell in the market there. And they're now here in North Carolina. And I was like, oh, that's wild. Promo and real life has collided <laughs> now. So. Killer brownies are phenomenal. Like my pro tip on killer brownies, one of our makers for fresh, they make a phenomenal brownie that's like just instagram worthy where like you know it's one of those ones where like slow motion crack it open like like caramel pours out of the middle but my pro tip to you know killer brownie is you nuke it for like 15 seconds and it gets like just to the right temperature so the caramel doesn't 
ooze too much, but it oozes just the right amount. Hmm. It's the best thing to do with like a donut too, like a store-bought donut. Yeah. Put it in the microwave for like 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah. Anything with preservatives in it, nuke for 15 seconds, it makes it taste so much better. Yeah. <laughs> but don't do that to cotton candy. We sold no? cotton candy. What does cotton candy do when you microwave it? It melts very, very quickly. Really? <laughs> but have you ever nuked a marshmallow? You were talking I about marshmallows. Yeah, it, they, it expands, right? Makes it better. Yeah. It does make it better. That's the poor man's s'more. That's actually how we make our s'mores. We throw them in the microwave, man. It's actually probably one of the best ways to make s'more. Yeah. And quickest. If you just it's need a, that calorie consumption quickly. We yeah. race. Yeah, quickly I can make one. Just kidding. Because I'll hurt <laughs> <scare> myself. <laughs> just hold up a lighter too and do it. Should we uh, should we take bets now? I do have matches. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, if nobody has any other questions, I guess we should go ahead and launch into our rapid fire questions. Uh, so Meg, since you're uh, so willing to see how fast you can do something, let's see how fast you can come up with a question for us. All right, marshmallows or candy corn? Marshmallows. Candy corn. Marshmallows. Candy, candy corn? corn. Yeah. Mars- marshmallows. Have you ever yes. melted candy corn? No. Oh, is that a Try thing? It? Like drizzle Probably. it over or something? Huh. Actually, you know what's really good? And I know this is off top. Well, not really off topic. You mentioned microwaving stuff. The peanut butter M&Ms, you throw a bunch of those in a bowl and stick them in the microwave for like a minute until the, the middle of them sort of gets molten, you know? Huh. So don't eat them right away. You know, let them cool down a little bit. But you just- I'm going to say, <clears throat> is that the secret recipe or secret ingredient in your peanut butter cookies? It's not, but it could be. I mean, I could add, I could he always can't add. tell you. He can't tell you, Jason. Tell <laughs> I'll you. find out once I start manufacturing it for him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Steven, do you have a question for us? Or would you I have like- a food-related question. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Smooth. Both. Smooth. <laughs> crunchy peanut butter is probably because you're not melting your M&M, your peanut butter M&M all way. Smooth. All right. Smooth. So, Jeff, you said both. Can you pick an answer, please? Uh, no, I mean, they're both phenomenal. It doesn't mean you can't go wrong with peanut butter. That's you what go I'm smooth saying. one side and crunchy the other side and then mash it t- together. If I have to choose, <laughs> oh, I guess I would say smooth just because it's, it's easier, uh, to apply, right. and stuff. but I like yeah. a crunchy peanut butter too, you know? All right. I'm going, I'm going holiday alcoholic beverage. Uh, what is your favorite holiday drink? Just vodka. Just straight up? <laughs> straight, yeah. Nice. That's pretty much all, all I right. drink. I didn't say eggnog. I rough around the Lukash house. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get the batch orders. <laughs> Meg? I don't know. I guess eggnog. I like to have an eggnog once a year. Just once a year? Just once. <laughs> oh, man. Do they manufacture eggnog? eggnog? Throughout the year, what's that? I don't think they can it. you buy the eggnog in like March? You I don't can think make you can it. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could make it for sure. I've I actually made my own last year, but you can. I like. I will start drinking eggnog on Black Friday when we're putting up Christmas decorations and stuff, and I'll drink it like the whole month of December, basically. You know, just mm-hmm. one or two here and there. Stephen, what's yours? I I don't really have an alcoholic beverage for seasons. No, <laughs> not a seasonal drinker. No, all right. Well, yeah, I would. I would say drinker. I like hot hot cocoa. Hot cocoa with uh, with what? Like some some caramel vodka inside. Hot cocoa, like with milk and powder and (laughs) marshmallows. 
Oh Lord. All right. No, I would say for, for me, eggnog uh, is definitely that seasonal drink that you've got to have. But uh, last year I tried something. CPPA had a, um, we had like a holiday party uh, on zoom and Bob Teitelman Jr. was our uh, resident bartender for the evening, teaching us how to do a couple different drinks. And he, he made one that was, uh, it was basically like a Prosecco with some cranberry juice in it. And it was like with a sugar rim. Uh, it was really good, actually. And then you had to uh, uh, decorate it with uh, like a sprig of rosemary with a couple cranberries sticking through it. So you'd get like the, the whiff of rosemary as you're drinking it. It's was, it was pretty good, actually. Sounds quite delightful. It, it was. Very, very good. Good. Very refreshing. All right, Jason, do you have a question for us? Uh, I'll put you guys on the spot. Favorite batch maker, Jeff, go quick. Uh, the the pretzel place, obviously. <laughs> I don't Meg. know. I, my samples got lost in the mail, Jason. So sure yeah, that's true. Favorite Meg, is. favorite batch maker, go. I would have to say pretzels too, because I am a fiend for pretzels. You guys not being able to name the brand. See my fan, go. Cali's Hot Little Biscuits. Ooh. 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 Those are actually delicious biscuits out of Charleston. You're just picking like <laughs> South Carolina, North Carolina, or actually you haven't picked anyone, but Cali's like you, you can make actually making biscuits is a pain in the ass order Cali's. Cause like they make it not a pain in the ass. They come frozen <laughs> and then you just throw them in your toaster oven for like 15 minutes and you're done. And I've, uh, I've eaten at their place in Charleston. It's awesome. Had yeah. a breakfast sandwich there too. Yeah. Mm. Jason, what's yeah. yours? I can't pick my favorite child. They're all my have, favorite children. You have to. You have to. Um, That's how this works. You ask the question, you have to answer it as well. We've actually, actually picked their favorite child before too. So I actually, I, my favorite thing to eat is probably legally addictive. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. It's like a saltine cracker covered in chocolate, covered with like sprinkles and salt and to- toffee or everything bagel seasoning. There's like three different skews, but like, it's so good. <laughs> I'm buying our booth in Vegas. I think I sent like a couple hundred cases of it, or not a couple hundred cases, a couple hundred bags of it down there. Nice. I'll tell you the really pr- addictive the, for a reason. The the prettiest ones I've seen are probably Carolyn's cakes. I've been like, <clears throat> hey, there's another like South Carolina, like just repping your. You know what? Your I'm not line. choosing it by that. That was a visual. Thing. It's actually some- Carolyn's cakes are phenomenal. It's like one of their cakes is like a 13 layer cake. I don't even know how they do it. Like each layer is like super super small, but like. I think the whole cake is like 7,000 calories and it serves like 16 people. But I ate like my 16th and I was like, done. but it's so good. Yeah. Steven's probably on the, on the computer now, like looking up the regional makers in, in his area and just naming them. No. Yeah. We're looking for <clears throat> actually, I don't know if we're done, but I'll end with this. Like if you've got a maker that you know to like, please email me or like message me on LinkedIn um, because we're looking for, to fill some of these gaps like we don't have a maker in texas yeah i was just looking there's, there's no texas state. we don't have a maker in maine or wisconsin or south dakota or north dakota or and it, it doesn't have to be sweet right you do sweet it can savory be, it can be anything. All that, it's a right? small batch maker that's got a cool story that makes a good product right mm-hmm. so if you're listening to this podcast or watching this like and you know someone cool in your neck of the woods send them our way because we're looking to fill out the map hey, man, my goal is to have 50 makers in all 50 states if you want to sell some fajitas i can tell you where to go in texas <laughs> well <laughs> if it's not shelf stable and for our sake i'm glad there's not a shelf stable fajita that exists in the world um, yeah <laughs> oh fresh fresh fajitas can you imagine fajitas fresh being delivered be awesome, yeah. oh, like the next day I'm so hungry you guys i am so hungry <laughs> well 
I'm with Hopefully you. you've been making your s'more the whole time. No, just start a fire here on the desk. You know, you know me. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, this great broadcast was brought to you today by our good friends over at TechWeld USA Made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA Made products to help separate themselves from the from the promotional products pack. Uh, definitely check out, uh, you know, their sunglasses for sure. Uh, you know, the, the winter glare, uh, you know, when it's snowing and you're out driving and you've got that sun beating down off the, off the snow, look, man, you need a good pair of sunglasses year round. And, uh, they were the winner of the distributor choice award in the sunglass category in 2019. Uh, and they've got many, uh, many SKUs that are FDA compliant or FDA approved and offer UVA and UVB protection. And uh, another awesome thing that they do is like their full color lunch boxes. Uh, so, whether, whether they do a decal print or a full color imprint, TechWeld's full color capabilities on their lunch boxes uh, definitely separate themselves uh, from the pack. Uh, go visit them at uh, www.techweld.com uh, to see their full color capabilities on their lunch box. Again, that's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Uh, guys, really appreciate you being on with us, Jason. Uh, always fun to have you and have a good conversation with you. And uh, I wish you continued success at Batch and bodega and uh yeah please send in any uh, any referrals if you've got them in those territories that jason was talking about or anywhere really hawaii where are you at oh hawaii <laughs> actually oh. Hawaii, alaska where's your dried seaweed salmon snacks or salmon snacks yes salmon, salmon cakes <laughs> thanks guys there you go all right guys we'll take it easy we'll see you next time take care thank you for listening to this week's episode of promo corners industry insider for more great content from industry thought leaders including podcasts blogs and videos visit promocorner.com